for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 320 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Buddy, 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 how you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. Um, so... I, well, I'm super excited. You've told me that you've had a crazy story. And so yes. uh, I'm excited about your crazy story. Look, in, in the realm of crazy stories, it's probably pretty low on the list, but I did have something happen this week was kind of interesting um and besides that this week we'll be talking a little more in-depthly about tatooine rhapsody the second of the star wars vision shorts and um a pretty cool announcement that happened today about uh, something i'm pretty excited about so you know not a ton of news but thankfully we got visions to stretch out for the next couple weeks uh, until yeah, we, we start getting that rich creamy Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> mm. Simple, rustic, delicious, delicious Book of Boba Fett, baby. Um, before we get into all that, let me just uh, give you guys the business real quickly. Follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. If you want to support us for as little as $3 a month, you can on our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You will get access to all of the bonus podcast that we release and just today i started scheduling some spooky content for the month of october um so you guys will have that to look forward to shortly but uh you know we've got oh no it's hall solo cooking with will jaws podgela rasa with emily lynn masters of harvest kasi with king tom star wars year by podcast with our buddy steel blue harvest adventures with the gang playing some west end game star wars role playing mm. um jaws with jesse we've got two episodes of that coming out this month um and lots more so once again blue harvest patreon that's patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast and a big shout out to our wonderful lovely beautiful handsome patrons you guys are the best 
definitely the best. So how's your week been, buddy? It's been pretty good. I can't complain. Um, you know, just taking care of the babies. I made some Halloween cookies. Oh, what kind of what kind of Halloween? Just sugar cookies with uh, sugar cookies with frosting on them. Uh, has Liam decided on a Halloween costume for this year? Yeah, Liam decided he wants to be Master Chief for Halloween. <gasps> Are you serious? Yeah, that's so cool. Hey, can you give me one second? Yeah, absolutely. His tummy's hurting. He oh. woke up. Give me, yeah, give me one second. Just let me know when you're ready. Yeah. So little man wants to be Master Chief for Halloween this year. He he does. He um, and the funny thing is, he hasn't played any Halo. He has just, you know, like walked in on me playing Halo. He's like, "What's that? What's that gun game you're playing? What's that? What's that?" And you know, of course, he just got all up in it, and he loves Halo. So it was going to be either Master Chief or Mario, and Master Chief was what he wanted. So, man, you got to get not too long before you can start training him for the pro circuit. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, right. MLG. Yeah, buddy. You're going to be like, "Hey, Liam, what are you going to do?" And he's going to say, "Finish the fight." That's right. Dun 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 dun. dun. Man, that's awesome. So have you uh, have you guys located a appropriately sized Master Chief costume for him? We do. We have the costume. Awesome. And uh, it was kind of a big deal. I'm not, you know, my house isn't like super anti-guns, but like as a five-year-old, I try not to glorify firearms and he doesn't yeah. have a lot of gun toys. You know, it's just something that we avoid. So it was a big meltdown for him. He really wanted a gun. Really, really wanted it. And, you know, you can't explain to him, you know, walking around the streets with a fake weapon is a recipe to get shot in America. Right. Like, you don't want to be walking on the street with a fake, even on Halloween. You know, like, that's just not something you Like, I saw a video on Reddit of, like, oh, these, goodness. these cops, like arresting a stormtrooper like he's a stormtrooper and he's got his you know his blaster and he's on his knees hands in the air like three cop cars have showed up just because the man was walking the streets in a costume you know like that's where we're at and that i'm it can't be my kid right so i got him the energy sword but i'm oh. saving that as like the surprise for the day of halloween okay okay see that's what that was going to be my suggestion go with the energy sword yeah, it's a it's a middle ground. Yeah, nice, man. That's awesome. I'll tell you this, I, I man, I would have wanted to be Master Chief too at his age, if such a thing existed. At yeah, Liam's age, he's five now. Yep, yep. Uh, I think five was the first year I went as Freddy Krueger for Halloween. So, <laughs> in the terms the of first year. Yeah, the first. There were how multiple. many striped sweaters did you own? Um, just two. Honestly, nice. the the first year I went, I wore a, a Christmas sweater that vaguely looked like Freddy's mm -hmm. Freddy's sweater. You know, because mm -hmm. you know back in like we're talking. So I was five. So been nineteen eighty eight. You know, like it's not like today where you could just go to Amazon and type in Freddy Krueger sweater and find. Something that looks perfect, right? <clears throat> so you had to improvise back in the day. Even my Freddy glove was a little uh, low budget, to be completely honest. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that was the first time I went as Freddy. 
I think the next year I was a ninja. Um, so in the in the level uh, the of 90s, in I believe a, I have a picture of myself going as a ninja for in, Halloween. On the level of inappropriate children's costumes, I don't think you have anything to worry about. When yeah, one I, of your best friends went as as Hallow uh, for Halloween as uh, Freddy Krueger at the same age, Freddy Krueger. Man, you'll have to send me a picture of him all decked out in his Master Chief regalia on oh, Halloween. You, you know I will. <clears throat> so, um, I had an interesting week. So, a little backstory: while I was in the hospital, you know, Jesse was there hanging out with me, and um, she was like, "Oh man," I says, "What's wrong?" And she said, "One of my favorite musicians is playing." a show here at Avondale and I didn't know and it's already sold out. And I was like, well, who is it? And it's this lady named Phoebe Bridgers. So I was like, well, let's look on the secondary market. Maybe they aren't that bad. Mm -hmm. uh, they were pretty bad. But secretly, your boy was like, I'm going to get those tickets. Mm -hmm. I was going to get Jesse those tickets. You know, they were probably two times as much as they were initially <clears throat> but what i was going to do is i was just going to sort of um hang around and watch like the ticket reseller we websites and see if the price dipped a little closer to the date of the concert it's all general admission so it's not like you know we needed to worry about seats or anything right right so <clears throat> sitting there keeping track of the tickets and i was like you know if about a week before the show they don't seem like they're dipping. I'll just pull the trigger and buy them at their current price. Well, Jesse comes in one night and she's like, hey, they just released extra Phoebe Bridgers tickets. And I said, jackpot, here's my card, order them. Mm -hmm. Fucking uh, for a uh, face price? You kidding me? Let's do it. Let's do it. <clears throat> so, you know, it's Avondale is like a, you know, what would you say? Have you ever been to a concert at Avondale? Never been to a concert, but I I uh, was one of there was like a chili tasting. Oh, and you were a judge. No, uh, I was I was I made a chili. You know, oh, I made a chili for the the chili cook off. But I mean, I of course judged everybody else's chili, not officially, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but you would be, you be judging judged everyone else's chili. So um, so you're sort of familiar. You know, what would you say? It's I, like a smaller to medium sized venue. I mean, it's it's basically it's what I remember. It's kind of the size of like a baseball diamond, but yeah, turned into just basically a, a music menu. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's it's outside, and they were doing um, vaccine card checks. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, we should go. Like, if we're gonna go to an event, this seems like one of the safer options right now, right? Yeah, outside Outdoor, vaccine check. Vaccine yeah. check. We seem pretty good. So leading up, you know, I have Jesse introduce me to, cause I was familiar with Phoebe Bridgers, but like not super familiar. So I had her introduce me cause I don't like going to a concert where I just sit there and I'm like, Oh great. Another song. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, well, well. <laughs> welcome to my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that every song that you don't know is a 20 minute jam of that yeah, song right. that you don't know. And, uh, it's nice. To, to pepper in there i i just like when they they do covers so i'm like oh i know this one yeah right i know this one so you know i like to do a little homework so i'm doing homework and jesse's just every day she's getting more and more excited honestly probably one of the most uh, excited i've 
ever seen her for a concert. Right. Um, and Monday rolls around. The concert was this Monday. So I, uh, you know, go to work during the day, come home, get some stuff out of the way. I, uh, I put jeans on for the first time since I've been out of the hospital. Like even going to the courthouse and stuff, I've been wearing like my Steel Wars sweatpants or my Adidas sweatpants because... Athleisure. Well, I've got that bandage on my knee, right? Right. It's a little more comfortable and doesn't seem to disturb the bandage. But I was like, look, I'm not going to this concert wearing sweatpants. You know what I mean? Right. I I already have the feeling that I'm going to be sort of the odd man out at this thing. So... Right. Put some jeans on. We get some. We pick up some dinner. We eat real quick. Uh, doors are opening at, I think five thirty or six. We get there right at six. Show starts at seven. Find parking, you know, in the Avondale area, which is a bit of a bitch. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's because it's all it's like downtown parking, like yeah, city blocks. No yeah. designated parking space. Well, they have you know paid parking for Avondale, but it seems like it fits twenty cars. 30 cars max max um so we park about three blocks away and uh we get there and they're super accommodating accommodating about the ada the disability handicap stuff they've Mm -hmm. got like a separate entrance you know we go and we show our cards we get our wristbands bada bing bada boom we're in i have a real nice handicap section set up that's real close to the stage Mm -hmm. jesse's elated she's like this is gonna be great so we get to our seats get settled and jesse's like you know what i want a drink do you want a drink and i say yeah i want a drink so jesse gets up to go get us a drink and comes back just two minutes later and she's like the weirdest thing just happened they told me they couldn't serve me because there's about to be a thunderstorm and the minute those words escape her mouth a message plays over the loudspeaker that's like, hey, we need everybody to leave. We need everybody to evacuate. We have to evacuate because there's going to be a thunderstorm and we watch our social media accounts and we'll let you know when the doors are open again so you can come back. Mm -hmm. So it is, a dude, it's a stampede of people leaving. So, you know, in a situation, you've been around me, situation like that, I kind of like to hang back. Let mm-hmm. everybody, let the craziness die let down. Let the stampede peed. Yeah, and then I'll go out. Well, that was a critical error. Why was that a critical error? error? Because we hadn't even gotten a block of the three blocks back to our car underway before the bottom dropped out, dude. I'm talking Noah and the Ark level flooding mm-hmm. or, or rain lightning it was like the series finale of lost if you remember that rainstorm i felt yeah, like I it was monsoon season in alabama dude yeah so we're soaked and then we're going we're about halfway back to the car and we see an awning at this building and jesse's like let's just go under there and maybe it'll calm down so we go under the awning and we're we're hanging out it's not the biggest awning, so I'm still getting a little rainfall, but it's not as bad as out being out in du- direct rain, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, seconds later, the awning collapses no. and dumps. Uh, you can't do that level 
Uh, you can't do that on television. Level of water on oh me, God. dude. It was like I was the coach of a NFL team that just won the Super Bowl oh and got no. doused in Gatorade. That ain't Gatorade. And Jesse and I, uh, Jesse books it to the car. She's like, I'm going to go get the car. She brings it back. And then for the next hour or so, we just hung out in the car with the heat on trying to dry up. Dude, I looked like I had gotten tossed into a pool. Yeah, I can imagine. You probably looked like a pirate coming out of the water. To to this day, three days, four days later, my cushion on my wheelchair still squishes when I oh, sit down. It's no. still like, like a sponge. Oh, I have to no. sit on a towel. I can't figure out how to dry it. It's waterlogged. My shoes still wet, dude. I I can't over exaggerate the amount of water that came yeah. down on us. And Jesse is disheartened. She's like, "They're gonna cancel it." I was like, "Nah, they're not gonna cancel it. They wouldn't have said. They would have said, "Hey, the event's canceled." They wouldn't have told everybody, "Hey, go get indoors or go back to your cars, and we'll let you know when you can come back in." They would have just right. said, "Straight up, said it's canceled." Well. By the way, they told us to check their social medias. This is also the same day that Facebook and Instagram is down. Oh, my goodness. So I'm like, well, I guess we got to check their Twitter. Their Twitter <laughs> hasn't been updated since 2020. <laughs> no information to be had on their Twitter. Oh, no. And, like, it was kind of right when uh, Instagram, at least, was coming back up. So you could go and you could look at an account, but it would load real slowly. And then finally... The, the message comes through, doors open again at 7.30. So about an hour and a half later than when we got there. Now Jessie's super excited again, right? And her clothing choice that she wore, mainly dry. Her shoes, not dry. But her shirt, her pants, pretty dry by this point. Me, not however. Blue jeans. Not those, uh, bruh. not the soppy syrup pancake blue jeans. You know, no, not my blue jeans. Soaked. And you know, like... Uh, a t-shirt you know if you ever get thrown in the pool in a t-shirt how it instantly becomes like spandex to your body yeah under armor yeah bro i was looking like violet you're turning violet <laughs> i was like man i look like a mess but let's go let's have a good time and then from that point on through the rest of the night through the whole show not a single drop of rain oh my goodness we got 45 minutes to an hour of hardcore thunderstorm scary rain then it stopped well at least it stopped so you could go to the show yeah and and i gotta say it was a very good show that's great but it was interesting being back in a crowd yeah i mean we weren't really in a crowd we were pretty separated but you know being around that many people that was what definitely crowd is these days um that many people being in the same area at once it was it was interesting not something I've done in, you know, well, almost two years or whatever. Yeah. So that was that's what I got up to this week, and uh, it was super uh, eventful. Yeah, and I'll tell you this. I think when it's all said and done, because we're going to another concert, the twenty fourth, and this is a concert of my choosing. I think that the tail of the tape will show that I enjoyed Jesse's concert and was much more positive about Jesse's concert than Jesse will end up being about my concert. 
We'll see. Hmm. We'll see. Because we were watching some footage of the tour that I'm mm-hmm. going to, that we're going to on the 24th. And she was like, I feel like I'm going to have to like chug a beer and smash it on my forehead before we go in. Oh my goodness. And I was like, all right. You all can right. do that. Well, we had an evening with a real sad lady named Phoebe. And I came away a fan. We'll see how you do on, on this one. So, it's we'll a good time. See. It was a good time, though. Um, can you pause it for one second? Absolutely. Okay. So, we're unpaused. I want to tell you guys real quick why we had to pause. <laughs> Will goes, hey, I just wanted to let you know that there's this weird sound in the background that when you talk. And what Will was hearing was me messing with a fidget spinner like it was 2016 up in this place. I was like, Hawes is pouring drinks. Like, no. He must be at the bar <laughs> no. just like beer no. after beer after beer. No, man. Not me. So, yeah, that's the thing. Most people, if they could see while I record, I am constantly fucking with something. Yeah. Like, if there's something on the table, I'm going to pick it up and mess with it. And I looked over and I was like, wow. Wow. I had a fidget spinner. I haven't seen one one of those in a while, and then sure enough, this is me. <laughs> fidget spinning my day away. So, <clears throat> um, we got a pretty cool announcement today about some new Star Wars books. Um, and they both sound pretty interesting, but there's one that really has my uh, interest going. So the first one they announced is Star Wars Brotherhood by Mike Chen. And it's coming out May 10th, 2022. And it is a story about Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker must stem the tide of the raging Clone Wars and forge a new bond as Jedi Knights. The Clone Wars have begun. Battle lines are being drawn throughout the galaxy. With every world that joins the Separatists, the peace guarded, guarded by the Jedi Order is slipping through their fingers. After an explosion devastates Cato Nemoidia, the jewel of the Trade Federation, the Republic is blamed and the fragile neutrality of the planet is threatened. The Jedi dispatch Obi-Wan Kenobi, one of the Order's most gifted diplomatic minds, to investigate the crime and maintain the balance that has begun to dangerously shift. Um, so this is the business on Cato and Nemoidia. Yes, that has been. That's what I've been everybody talk, seeing, seeing everybody say online today. Now I do think. Look, I am down for an Anakin and Obi Wan palling around book, right? Buddy cop. Yeah, give me Anakin Obi Wan buddy cop. I'm down. Yeah, you know, this should definitely strike a chord with your 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 Clone Wars fans as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it sounds really exciting. The interesting thing to me <clears throat> is the May 22 or May uh, May 2022 release date. Yeah, because this is an Anakin and Obi-Wan book. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence that we're getting an Anakin and Obi-Wan book in 2022. The same year we're getting a show about Obi-Wan where Ewan McGregor is returning and Hayden Christensen is returning, right? Mm -hmm, Right. So I have a feeling this is a bit of a, you know, a tie-in. 
not necessarily a tie-in, not like it, you know, the events of the book are going to have any relation to anything that goes goes on in the series, but you know, like it's a bit of cross promotion. So that makes me wonder with it coming out in May, are we looking at May or June or July somewhere in that area for the Obi-Wan series? Could this be our first hint at when the Obi-Wan series will be dropping on Disney Plus? That would be neat. Oh, you know what? It also doesn't come out too far before Star Wars Celebration either. So I would not be surprised because uh, they always do sort of like a exclusive version of an upcoming book or a, a recently released book at Celebration. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe this is the one for Celebration that next year. Like I think the first year I went to Celebration, they had like a special edition of the thr- the first Thrawn book. The, mm. Of the new Thrawn books, not Heir to right. the Empire. <clears throat> so I don't know. You know, we, we you know we get visions in September, and then you know, like a month later, or a little under a month later, we get the Rowan Ronan book that ties in with visions. So I do wonder if the release of this Obi Wan and Anakin book uh, is some sort of clue to when uh, we're gonna get the Obi Wan series yeah who knows um go for it i was just gonna say i know this this may be a jump but um i i saw that there was the faithful wookie which is the animated um clip from the star wars holiday special Uh uh-huh is available on on disney plus to watch and i watched that and I guess it just has been a while since I have seen it, but mm. I didn't remember it being as good as it was. Like I was, I was, I don't know. I guess impressed. Yeah, it's pretty. By I mean, the look, stylized animation, and it's very seventies. But like, you know, that whole heavy metal Western animation stuff doesn't really exist these days anymore. So like, it's neat to see it. Well, you know, uh, I'm a big fan because it's the introduction of Boba Fett. Right, you know, and and I'm a sucker for any time they put out a holiday special themed Boba Fett anything. Like I've got a Hot Toys or Hot right. Toy of holiday special Boba Fett. It's Boba Fett riding a dinosaur for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I'm glad that they put that up on Disney. I'm really glad that they, you know, put that up. They put the Clone Wars micro series up. They put droids and Ewoks up. You know, it's all, all the all the the franchises animated stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, show stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I just like having that stuff available. Like, am I going to do a hardcore binge of droids or Ewoks? Probably not. But will I throw an episode on here or there and soak in some some Star Wars that I'm not as acquainted with? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Do I put it on while I make dinner? Maybe. 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 Okay, so the next book, the one that's got me uh, pretty excited that I'm pretty interested in is Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher, which releases on June 28th, 2020. And that is Luke Skywalker and Lando Calrissian return in this essential novel set between Return of the Jedi and The Force 
awakens. The Empire is dead. Nearly two decades on from the Battle of Endor, the tattered remnants of Palpatine's forces have fled to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. But for the heroes of the New Republic, danger and loss are ever-present companions, even in this newly forged era of peace. Jedi Master Luke Skywalker is haunted by visions of the dark side, foretelling an ominous secret growing somewhere in the depths of space on a dead world called Exegol. The disturbance in the Force is undeniable, and Luke's worst fears are confirmed when his old friend Lando Calrissian comes to him with reports of a new Sith menace. After his daughter was stolen from his arms, Lando searched the stars for any trace of his lost child. But every new rumor only led to dead ends and fading hopes until he crossed paths with Ochi of Bastoon, a Sith assassin tasked with kidnapping a young girl. Ochi's true motives remain shrouded to Luke and Lando, for on a junkyard moon, a mysterious envoy of the Sith Eternal has bequeathed a secret blade to the assassin, promising him that it will give him answers to all the questions that have haunted him since the Empire fell. In exchange, he must complete a final mission, return to Exegol with the key to the Sith's glorious rebirth, the granddaughter of Darth Sidious himself, Rey. As Ochi hunts Rey and her parents to the edge of the galaxy, Luke and Lando race into the mystery of the Sith's lingering shadow and aid... A sneeze, a young family running for their lives. So it's it's the story that we get little a little information about in Rise of Skywalker, where Lando tells them, like, yeah, me and Luke were tracking Ochi of Bastoon, and Luke was looking for Exegol, right? So it seems like that's all gonna get filled out in this book. I'm down. Okay, so the the knife I didn't realize that Ochi was a Sith, right? Like he's a, not in I don't, not in the movie. I don't believe he's a he's a Sith assassin, meaning like he's an assassin hired by this. You know what I'm? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think he's. Well, I know he's not considered a Sith. I don't like technically the Sith Eternal. Is that an is that a new label for the Sith going forward? The Sith Eternal, you know all those homies on Exegol? Yeah. That are like watching the the ritual between Rey and Palpatine? Right. They call themselves the Sith Eternal. Okay. That whole Sith cult thing or whatever. The cultists? Right? Yes. That's the Sith Eternal. Okay. And the knife, the blade that he's talking about mm-hmm. is that knife that has the relief of... The crash death star the, engraved on where it? you, where if you're just where super you stand lucky in a certain spot, if you're super lucky and you sand just in the right spot and you hold that blade up, bada bing, bada boom, MacGuffin unlocked. Yes, yes, that's the knife. <laughs> Achievement unlocked. unlocked. MacGuffin, MacGuffin turducken. <laughs> Oh, MacGuffin turducken. It really is a MacGuffin turducken. It's MacGuffins on MacGuffins, MacGuffins, MacGuffins. It should have been called <laughs> the, the Rise of you MacGuffins. Gotta find, you gotta find the ship of Ochi, which has been dead and derelict for 20 years, to find the sword. And there's a big snake! The there's a big <laughs> snake! 
and slitherous than that. A big snake. Um, so yeah, I'm super like, look. I'm sorry, MacGuffin Turducken. I can't get it. That's probably the name of the episode. Well, we've already done an episode named MacGuffin Turducken about really? about this very subject. Yes. Oh well, then that's why. That's what, it's too good. <laughs> yeah, we've got this an is episode. the return of the MacGuffin Turducken, <laughs> the rise of MacGuffin Turducken. Um. <sighs> yeah, man. Yeah, you know, uh, I enjoy The Rise of Skywalker. Not my favorite of the sequel trilogy movies, but I do enjoy it. I know I'm not necessarily in the largest company with that sometimes, but uh, this is a story that could have definitely had a little more detail in the movie. The whole Luke and Lando out on an adventure together. So I'm just glad uh, to get the story somehow. That's you know? what I was about to say. It's nice to know that Lando and Luke, you know, did some stuff together. That it, because you know, you don't really see a lot of that. You really in 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 the original trilogy, you kind of just get that Han Han was Lando's buddy, and Luke was just there by you know friends by association. Yeah. But the the concept that Lando and Luke were palling around doing stuff together, also it canonizes the fact that, um. Poor Lando had his daughter ripped from his arms because they really just dropped that entirely. I mean, I know that might have been a, a side plot in the well, movie that they dropped entirely. Well, I mean, he mentions it. Lando mentions it on uh, Pasana. Isn't that where that fucking third desert planet is? Pasana? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he mentions the, it. The festival. Yeah, and then dancey, like, dancey. there's that weird scene at the end with him and Janna. Where, like, because, I don't know, man, it it definitely kind of seems like maybe Janna was meant to be his daughter at one point, and they... My, like, what does that add? Like, it adds literally nothing unless Janna is his daughter, right? Right. Like, what is the fucking point of even bringing that up? I don't know, man. You know... I do like the Rise of Skywalker, but I can also freely admit that there's some sloppy parts to it. Yeah. And that whole thing is Slop City. Bippy, bippy. Check it and see. Slop City. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I don't know. I'm just like, I would like to learn more about Exegol and the Sith Eternal and... what happened what's going on 20 years post return of the jedi so i'm all in on this book of the two this is the one i'm a little yeah so that was really sort of the big news uh from this week was and it actually um happened today that they announced those books um where is i'm gonna double check double check but I do feel like that was about it. <clears throat> you know what? I actually forgot to watch something. I forgot to watch the new Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. I I passed I passed it on Disney and I was like, oh, we need to make it back around to that. Yeah, yeah. That actually came out last Friday. We should watch that for next week and we'll talk about it next week. Okay. Um, cool. 
I don't necessarily think it's going to be anything that's going to take up a lot of time, but I would like to watch it because it looked like a good time when we watched the trailer. It does. <clears throat> and I'm interested to see on how that plays out, you know, with Kylo Ren's master. Oh, with Ren? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ren. <clears throat> so, because, you know, you only see him in that comic book for a minute. Yeah, and he's voiced by Christian Slater in the Lego yeah, thing. Right. So, um, let's talk about some Tatooine Rhapsody. I just kept thinking about Michael Scott. Is Christian Slater back there? I'm sure he can help us work this out. (laughs) So, um, Tatooine Rhapsody is the second of the Star Wars Visions uh, shorts. It was produced by Studio Colorido, directed by... Taku Kimura and written by Yasumi Atarashi. Uh, and it is the one, you know, when we got the sort of behind the scenes thing that they were hyping up as a Star Wars rock opera. Yeah, it's the rock opera Star Wars Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah, and it features um, the band Star Waver uh, with a former Jedi Padawan by the name of Jay. Uh, a hut on <laughs> base. Uh, his name is Geezer. There's also Lan, who is the drummer, and he's got like multi torsos, right? And he's, he's like, like a, he's yeah, he's a ooh, not a. He is a conjoined twin, but he's a conjoined triplet, basically. Yeah, and then there's K three four four on electrified dual guitars and finally droid v5 who uh i guess plays samples and ha- handles the sound mixing oh no mm. he's like that guy in slipknot that's got all the nails coming out of his head that you don't really even know what he does in the band you're just like yeah i think that guy's name is craig i think like i know that guy's name and that guy's name and then there's that guy in the background who's got like a diving head with giant nails sticking out of it, and I don't know what he's he does, but he's in the band, and he has been since the beginning, and I think his name's Craig. He likes to tweak the knobs. I, I guess, buddy. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's their soundboard guy. You know what I mean? Maybe he just mm-hmm. hits things on the soundboard, you know, takes home a decent paycheck. Definitely seems like the member of Slipknot who puts in the least effort, so... Um, anyways, um, and you know, this is the story, um, that deals with Jay. Like I said, he's a, uh, a former Padawan who barely escapes order 66 and gets rescued by geezer, the hut who also sort of left his situation behind, which was being part of the hut cartel because he just wants to play music. And uh, it was interesting, uh, like, I don't know if we pointed this out in our initial Visions discussion, but this is the only one of the shorts that features any previously known Star Wars characters, right? Right. Jabba and... Boba um, and Bib Fortuna. And, Bib Fortuna. Um, and uh, I'll tell you this, so... Tonight, when I sat down to watch this before we, because I rewatched this and the sort of bonus material, I watched the Japanese dub for the first time. Better. 
better way better the song that's exactly that was going to be my point i was like the song itself is better in the original japanese does not translate well to english that's what i was song itself and the way it is sung much more pleasing to the ear in the japanese version it slaps so much harder in japanese and i just i think that like i think you nailed it i think it in the process of translating the lyrics from Japanese to English, it's it just comes off a little more awkward, right? But man, and, it's and, not meant to, you know, it, it's it's intended for its original language. Yeah, and I don't think you know, I I I liked the song in English when we first watched it, but it was good enough, right? Seeing I mean, the fine. Japanese version, whoa, way better, way way better. The, another cool thing about the Japanese version. The uh, the gentleman that does the voice for the Japanese Boba Fett mm-hmm. is the same guy that they had doing the voice of Boba Fett, Jango Fett, and the clones in the Japanese versions of the other Akio Kaneda. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so just like Tamora Morrison, well, you know, right. not even really, because old D. Bradley Baker stepped in to do the, the clone. The clones. Yeah, no, they got the guy. This guy apparently did the voice of Jango. Boba, the clones, everything. He is there, you know, Tamora Morrison stand-in 100% in Japan. I thought that's awesome. Just like they brought Tamora back for doing Boba in this, they got him to do it. I think that's fucking rad. And by the way, he sounds awesome as Boba. And can I just say props for Lucasfilm for extending the creativity and the license and going out on a limb to to really bring this into the Star Wars fold. And, you know, I know this episode might not be everybody's favorite, and that's fine, but you have to understand what it means uh, that Lucasfilm would give another artist, you know, extreme creativity to present a project that is, within its heart and soul, truly Star Wars, you know, about found family and, and you know, taking big risks on long odds, you know, like it at its core, it is star Wars, you know? And the thing I kept finding myself, I was like this, you know, this has legs and it's just so unfortunate that it's so short. I think if this, if you had more time to build emotional attachment to these characters and build the plot and story around them, the, the, the entire series, uh, this whole, crew and the setup would not be as harshly judged as it is because it's really hard to pull that off in 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 that 17 minutes or whatever it is yeah it doesn't even feel like 17 minutes like it it feels like it cracks on at quite a pace yeah and you know i think this you could say this about um a lot of the vision shorts some of them seem almost, a lot of them seem like they would make really good studio pitches for a new Star Wars animated series, right? Right. Like, here's a 15, 20 minute pitch of what we would like to do with this series. And then Lucasfilm's either like, yeah, or no. Nah, and then, you know, it goes from there. But, um, yeah, that, like, the that was. What ifs are worse. There are a couple of those you're like, is this, there has to be a part two. How do you end this here? I got to finish catching up on that. Um, so I'll say this. Uh, obviously, 
one of my favorite things to see in the behind the scenes feature was the guy being like, well, Boba Fett's my favorite character. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I wanted said, to use him. Oh, that probably bled over into that. And he was like, so I didn't, you know, I wanted to be real careful about not focusing on him too much and actually focus on on Star Waver and the rest of the band, right? Yeah. So, uh, but I, you know, I like seeing that. I like seeing Boba Fett getting, getting a little love. And I'm here to tell y'all, man, if you are expecting unbiased new nuanced takes on the book of boba fett look elsewhere because <laughs> i ain't gonna be able to do it you guys know i am gonna be it's gonna be uh monday night in birmingham fucking level uh deluge downpour of totally boba fett biased opinion mm. uh, i'll tell you this Something I had no idea about was that Joseph Gordon-Levitt was the voice of Jay in the English dub. Yeah, right. And I found his respect for the whole project and the character uh, impressive, admirable. Yeah, and you know, one of the things you, uh, Steve, and myself were talking about uh, in our initial review was maybe the voice acting in this uh, in the English dub of this one for Jay didn't really work for us. So I was like, oh, wow, that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who I didn't dig a whole, whole wasn't lot. working out for me. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Bobby Moynihan was uh, geezer. Mark Thompson, by the way, perhaps one of, if not the best, uh, Star Wars audiobook dudes in the game. He, like, okay. is the guy that reads the audiobooks for you. Um, he was Lan. Shelby Young was K three four four. She did the voice of Leia in uh, Forces of Destiny, um, and of course, my dude Tamor Morrison as Boba Fett. Oh yeah, rounding out the rest of the cast, the voice cast. <clears throat> so yeah, you know. Uh, having now watched this like three times, four times, I don't know how many times I've seen this one individually. I still dig it. I still like this one. It's not at my top. Mm -hmm. It's not at the tippy top of my rankings, but I still quite enjoy this one. And I would watch more stories about Star Waver if they gave them to me. It's much better than Goofy Spartan Numbnuts in the Halo Legend. Mm -hmm. Like, that's almost unwatchable for me. That one, like... I've seen that one, that that one you're talking about, once, watching yep. Halo Re- Legends. Every other time I've rewatched Legends, that's a skip it. That's a hard skip. A hard that's skip like uh, Michael Scott's Tots. I oh. can't. <laughs> I literally, I cannot Scott's watch Tots. Scott's Tots, bruh, like my face will flush and the shame is too powerful to watch i just literally cannot watch it <clears throat> um so yeah do you have anything else to add about uh tatooine rhapsody before we move on and hear from our friends just the fact that it was it's well done it's very well done and if you didn't like the english uh version check out the japanese sub because it, it really shines differently it does that way they, like you know i really enjoyed the japanese uh uh, the Japanese subbed version of the duel, you know, I was like, oh yeah, this just kind of feels right. 
You know what I mean? It feel it, you know, it definitely further cements that Kurosawa feel watching it yeah, in definitely. Japanese with subtitles. Absolutely. But I didn't come away being like, well, that was way better than the English yeah. dub. No. This I feel like the Japanese version is far superior, especially the song. 100%. So much so that when I was rewatching it, it Jesse came in from the other room and was like, This version of the song is way better. Like she even <laughs> heard it and was like, Wow, it yeah. registered her with her from another room. Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would suggest if you haven't already, watch it in Japanese for sure. So you want to hear from our friends, buddy? I do. Let's do that. Kia G. Kia G. send in some feedback or question or comment or whatever if you want to be part of the show send us your emails or voice messages to blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com and you can be part of the show much like our buddy right here mr 100 kobe kobe hey awesome will it's your boy kobe aka mr 100 uh how's it hanging hope it's hope it's going good uh Haas, hope you're doing better um really missed you that that week we didn't get to hear from you but you know we understood and we love you we want you to get better and hopefully you're doing good um so i got a kind of a simple question this week as per usual i guess um and it kind of comes off the back of something i saw recently so i was watching tiktok as i do a lot and there was this tiktok from a guy um that he was saying that his favorite movie was Jurassic Park, and one of the reasons it was his favorite was all the dumb bloopers in it. Like, the, and he was going through it, you know, like scene by scene, and there was just just mass amounts of just just stuff that was just messed up bloopers and things that no continuity and stuff. And and it wasn't like story wise. I mean, it was straight up like on the set, like no continuity in what they were doing scene to scene. Like, I mean, there's. There's a part, like, in the beginning where Dr. Hammond is, like, cleaning off a glass um, in Alan's trailer, and he's using a white rag, and then all of a sudden, the next scene, it's a it's a red rag, and there's a scene um, where, where the velociraptor's popping out of the egg, and there's a claw around it, and then the next time, it's, it cuts scene from a different angle, and there's just no claw there anymore. I mean, like, in seconds. And it's just stuff you don't really notice um, until it gets pointed out. But then I went back, and I was trying to think of things in star wars that were that bad blooper wise 
And the only thing I could really think of, and maybe, like I said, it's because I haven't, you know, actually someone didn't point them out to me, but I can't really think of any Star Wars bloopers besides the stormtrooper hitting his head. Like, that is the most common, you know, one of the biggest, probably biggest bloopers in movie history um, is in A New Hope when the stormtrooper hits his head. Um, but I can't think of really any other bloopers. I mean, th- that are that big time i mean if you got you gotta i might have to send you this tiktok because it is it is funny when you just look at the things you're like how did i not notice this but anyway this got me thinking um with the surprising lack of bloopers in star wars i still ask this question if you take all the trilogies you don't have to go movie by movie that would probably take a while but if you go trilogy by trilogy um what is your biggest flaw with each trilogy i know you guys are overwhelmingly positive most of the time and that's one of the things i love about you is you guys always look at the bright side of things and you try not to let the the terrible negativity that often plagues the star wars fandom get you down and kind of you know make you one of those star wars fans but i do want you to bring out a little bit of your angsty douchebag star wars fan you know what i'm talking about i ain't gonna do that um, and give me one thing from each trilogy that is like your biggest flaw with the trilogy, and that can be um, that could be plot-wise, that can be like maybe something on the set, or maybe with something with one of the characters that just didn't make sense. Uh, give me your biggest flaw. As always, you know what I'm gonna say. You guys are the best. Keep it up. Love you guys. Peace out. Thanks, buddy. So, <clears throat> on the topic of bloopers, or like not even bloopers, like sort of continuity era era errors continuity mistakes on star wars there's not a lot that come to mind um and i'm not sure as far as bloopers or continuity errors which this classifies as but i know that you know when luke references that he can't see a thing in this helmet that that was not dialogue he that was uh, him just talking and that made it into the movie so i don't know if that counts as a blooper. no no i don't think so you know like he like he's talking about like uh the stormtrooper like hitting starbucks coffee in the game of thrones yeah right? stuff like that so there's for one thing the reason you don't see that kind of stuff is because especially in the original trilogy uncle george has wiped it out yeah, if yeah, the special editions, they uh they vaselined over all like any the vaseline under the 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 land speeder, you know, all yeah. that was Well, so uh, okay, so this would be I think more what you would consider like a continuity uh mistake. Uh in the original version of Star Wars that was in theaters in 1977, in the trench run from shot to shot, you know that little mic that comes down next to Luke's mouth in the X-Wing? Yeah. That would change sides. In some shots, okay. it'd be on the left, and some would be on the right. When right. the next time they showed that in theaters, guess what had been fixed? So, you know, George the was always making um, little changes here and there to fix Talk stuff. Talk about like a that. man who watches every frame of his own movie. Right, you know, you talk about Adam. Driving, Maybe a little too like, much. I, I don't watch my performance. Like, well, George weirdly, Lucas be watching every frame. Weirdly, he seems to have watched it a little too much, and then sometimes not enough, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then once again, not necessarily continuity errors, but in the 
in the case of the prequels, there are a lot of times when it is very clear when a shot is a reshoot shot because maybe Ewan McGregor looks a little puffier than he did when he originally shot The Phantom Menace. Or maybe uh, Natalie Portman lost a whole bunch of weight because she was getting ready to film V for Vendetta and they were like, hey, we need you to come film this scene for Revenge of the Sith. And she looks way different in one scene in Mm -hmm. Revenge of the Sith. So there's little stuff like that, you know, that Mm -hmm. you kind of just pick up on watching these movies as much as we do. Now, look, I'm not going to go full on douchebag Star Wars YouTuber angry Twitter account. But, oh, before we move on to that, there's you want to know what my favorite um, weird little Star Wars thing is? At the end of The Phantom Menace, right? When Palpatine gets off the ship and he's like, we'll watch your career with great interest. And there's all those Jedi behind them. They're, they're coming for, uh, you assume, oh, uh, Qui-Gon's funeral on Naboo, right? There's a Jedi who is clearly supposed to be Mace Windu, but if you pause and look, that ain't Samuel L. Jackson, my dude. <laughs> that is not. <laughs> they just got not a bald Samuel guy L. and put him in the background and put him in a Jedi robe. I caramba. Um. Anyways, uh, I drew a blank. Ah. So like one oh Jesse just notified me that she's coming into the room. No screaming this time. Bada bing, bada boom. We got a system worked out, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, like all right, let's go in in, in um, chronological order. So prequel trilogy. What is something about the prequel trilogy? that just doesn't sit right with you, that has bothered you, that really tweaks your nugs? Some of the dialogue and the roman- the, the way the romantic relationship between Anakin and um, and uh, Padme is is portrayed, dealt with, and, and handled. It seems just poor to me, just uh, all around. Um, that's about it, you know, and, 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 Maybe Uncle George accepting some performances that he could have asked for more on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's really no, you know, the whole romance. That's really like whole romance in the prequel trilogy, not exactly elegantly executed. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, prequel trilogy. What's something that really bugs me? I mean. So, just the whole, like, vagueness about Padme's death. And, like, Padme's so, like, she kicks so much ass in the first two movies. And then in the third movie, like, she kind of just... dies of a broken heart. Doesn't do, like... And like, yeah, I realize she's pregnant with twins, but you can't, could have had her do a little more in that yeah. third movie <clears throat> than just fret and die of a broken heart, which, you know, I don't know. I would say that's mine. In the original trilogy, original trill. This is my hardest because yeah, I have so few qualms with the original trilogy. 
well, mean? I feel like, you know, this is going to be, you know, I'm sure there's people that feel the same way about the prequel trilogy. I think it's kind of just which era of Star Wars you sort of grew up in, right? And what, yeah. what was your Star Wars when you were a kid? And for us, it was the it was the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I would say, you know, A New Hope maybe the the weakest cinematically and the weakest performances, um, actor wise. But I mean, it was so it was breaking the mold. It was the least budget. No one had done anything like this. Like, you know, there's so much of this that's first experiment. It's really hard to put it on a level with, you know, the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Like those yeah. movies, just going into making them I can't is so even, different than going into making A New Hope. I can't even you say know? that just because like New Hope is like, it's A New Hope, man. It's Star Wars, know. you know? I know, I know. Um, what would it be? I, well, look. They could have done my my dude Boba a little less dirty in Return of the Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Like, look, yeah. I, even if Uncle George was like, no, I want him to fall in the, the Sarlacc, you could have had him do uh, something a little cooler before he fell in the Sarlacc. Like, you could have had him kick a little more ass or something. That way I didn't have to deal with years of, like, Boba Fett's lame. He, he just falls in the Sarlacc. He doesn't do anything in the movies. Yeah, and I... I wasn't too old for Ewoks. Me you know, neither. A lot of people hated the Ewoks. Yeah. I dug it. Yeah. I dig the Ewoks. Yeah, man. I... <clears throat> I don't have a lot to complain on with the original trilogy. The Ewoks were my jam as a kid. Like, you know, the first time I saw Return of the Jedi, I was probably four or five or whatever. So, yeah, the Ewoks hit big with me. And I was like, yeah, where can I get an Ewok? I want Ewok stuff. And there was no Ewok stuff to be found. So yeah, not, oh, yeah, yeah, not even the the Ewoks really get me that bad. Now we kind of mentioned it for at least mine, um, and that's some of the sloppier elements to the Rise of Skywalker in the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, it you turned her against me, buddy. That's Revenge of the Sith. Oh, what did you say? Rise of Skywalker, that's yeah. right. Yeah, the sequel trilogy. Some of the, the sloppier elements to that, like, you know. Oh, I, my one thing about the sequel trilogy, I didn't realize we had moved on. Uh, that's why I was stuck in the other one. But uh, my only one thing is I really wish the entire arc for all three stories had been written and decided on before they yes. ever started. Yeah. making the force awakens that's really it that's even the one just thing. loosely you know i don't need yeah. every single moment and every word of every script figured out but have like a fucking loose outline you know what i mean To look me in the eye and tell me that you had prepared for palpatine to come back from the very beginning i mean yeah and look once again uh, probably in somewhat of a minority but i liked palpatine coming back you know i mean and that's, that's fine like Thought, thought old the, Ian McDermott, McDermott fucking crushed it. I thought he was fucking creepy in that weird puppet fucking my, form with the milky dad, eyes. Right. My dad had about the best 
you know, summary of it that I said, he said it was everything it needed to be. There wasn't all, you know, it ended like it needed to end, you know, and I agreed, but it didn't, you know, if you had done some work on the front end, it didn't have to end like that. Does that make sense? I, I, I'm hoping that that is something that they take into consideration. Like I said, I don't need every single moment set in stone. Like I, I, definitely appreciate and want you to be able to bring filmmakers on to influence and change and sculpt the story that they, as they see fit. But I also think you should have some form of outline in place. You know, this may be a terrible analogy because it is apples and oranges, but I need you to go ahead and write the manga before you make the anime, right? The manga is always so far ahead. Yeah. See, I, the anime, I don't even think you need to do that much. Like I, I don't think, even mean release that to us. I just mean in-house. Like right. in-house you need to be that far ahead. Like I I think like I said, I just even an, an idea of where it's all headed and I think it would be Yeah, I it, what the main thing it, uh, that I think it would do is it would eliminate some of the weird sloppiness that's in the third movie. I can't think of any other way to say it than the way I've said it like three or four times <clears throat> this evening is there's some weird sloppiness in the third movie that I think definitely holds it back, you know, and, and could have been smoothed over. Like, I don't know, like, you know, even a few minutes, I don't know if they were like that movie should have been a little longer, you know, it's like a roller coaster that hurts. Yeah, like yeah, it's fun, but it snapped me around so hard I got whiplash and my back is hurting and shit. Like, yeah, it's like riding one of the old wooden roller coasters at Six Flags where you're like, "Great, yeah. I'm fucked up for the rest of the day. I feel like I just went around with Tony Jaw. Great, great." Yeah, right. Okay, next up we've got oh oh I could do one for uh, Solo and uh, Rogue One as well. Oh, go ahead. I'd like to hear that. Uh, Rogue One, I feel like the Vader thing at the end is a little jerk offy. Not jerk. It's a little gratuitous. It's a little masturbatory, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like, and that's not to say that I don't appreciate it, but it's a little, it's a little masturbatory. Um, and then Solo, I think the scene where he's like, What's your like when he's signing up for the Imperial Navy? Navy, and he's like, I what's don't your, have any people. Yeah, what's your pe- what's your what's name? Your what's your people's name? And he's like, I don't. And he's like, Hmm, Han Solo. I, like, I do not like that. Do not like that. Groaned, buddy. Groaned in the theater. Uh, you know, the one that got me in Rogue One was when he was like, Be sure you don't choke on your aspiration. Like in the theater, I was like, No. No, why? Oh, Vader's why? been. You've been workshopping that Vader. You were doing that as you force choked him. Like that's too. It's too on the nose. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, let's hear from our buddy Jim. Good Have evening, a nice trip. See you, you next fall. Oh my lord! All right, let's hear what Jim has to say. Good evening, Hoss and Will. How are you guys doing? I wanted to ask you a very off-the-wall question. It's something I've been thinking about for a while, and it's a very lame premise. It's the uh, Luke Skywalker hand uh, floating through space, holding, gripping the 
Legacy Saber <laughs> and um, just basically how I've tried to handle it the best I can. And I've been thinking, would it be a Disney Plus show? Would Disney Plus be a better fit or the big screen for these stories that I've been thinking about? <clears throat> so basically uh, the path that it takes to end up in Maz's hands if it were on a show I kind of feel like it wouldn't be taken very seriously you could uh, you know a couple episodes somebody gets the saber has it for a while passes it on but the idea that I'm excited about is actually making it a trilogy and I know it's a boring premise but just bear with me so if the movie started the first one started and you see the saber uh fall in the famous scene uh from luke's wrist whatever um and then after it lands and i know it's a i'm not sure where it would go i'd imagine a junkyard but i know it's a gaseous planet i don't know if it fell through but whatever um you'd see it change hands you'd see the lightsaber change hands in sort of a su super sped up way and until somebody that could actually that actually had the power to hold on to it for a while uh got it and we would get to know that character th for through the movie and then they would lose it by the end whether they are defeated or they just lose it some other way that and then the process starts again it's cuts to that scene where it's going from person to person to person to person uh, and I feel like Star Wars could really make it cool. And then we get three movies of that, and then it ends up with Maz. Uh, but what do you guys think? I know it's far out there. Uh, I'd love to hear what you got to say. Oh, and Visions is the shit. <laughs> Jim, I think you need to... I think that is an idea born out of igniting the green, perhaps. You need to open up a can um, of cheese dip and have some Fritos, my dude. Get the it munchies. It would make a cool series. Like, and I don't mean like a long one, but like three episode series. So, uh, you know, the journey of the saber, but, uh, I don't have any problem with it just being collected like trash on cloud city. Like I don't need, you know, the morbidness of Luke's hand. still being attached, we'll just let that fall right out the bottom of <laughs> cloud city and we'll keep the saber. So uh, I like the idea of a cheer kind of like finding it like, um, a monk of the force, you know, like squirreling in a way. Until the force tells him what to do with it. So, um, the interesting thing about the whole hand floating through space holding the lightsaber, and this is really mm -hmm. fascinating. This see, this is where like the J.W. Rensler making of the Force Awakens book would have come in real fucking handy and would have been real cool. Mm -hmm. Is you know supposedly that was uh, um, the original opening. To the Force Awakens, that's how that would have opened. Was either the saber or the the hand still holding the saber, floating through space, and then now, later, when Ray touches the saber in Maz's castle and has the flashback, that flashback was going to be way different. Ray was basically going to see, uh, you know, a montage of the history of Luke's lightsaber, including seeing the duel with Vader from like a different angle than when we see it in Empire, from like a up above angle. And they even cast a dude to play Luke 
and there were leaked pictures of this guy. I I don't remember if you remember. I don't know if you remember us talking I about. Think it. I remember seeing. But like the it. stunt guy in the Cloud City get up, like they filmed yeah. that shit apparently. Um, and then eventually we were gonna see the saber fall to a planet, and then some guy picks it up and starts a fire accidentally with it or something, and then it. Uh, goes to another guy who's like the leader of a clan that uses the saber to defend his homeland or something. And then it continues to, to move me, on until eventually Maz gets her hands on it. I don't think it should be used, right? Because I think it would develop its own reputation of a, a lightsaber out there without a Jedi, right? Like also the sheer physics of that doesn't make sense to me that that the saber or the saber with the hand would be in space. So let's just assume that it fell out the bottom of gas is, you know, a bottom of the Dabana gas mine. Like that's a gas giant with a super amount of gravity. Like that falling hand at the core of the buddy, planet is not going to reach escape velocity Will, out into Will, space. Will. Yes. Yes. This is star Wars, buddy. I know. Ships I'm just make, saying though. Yeah. But once again, ships, make sound in space. There's big fireball explosions. There's swords made laser swords. You know what I mean? No you, you can't apply real science to Star Wars. Now, this being said, none know, of this stuff with the Hold on. Hold on, Mr. Neil deGrasse Tyson, give me a second. I here. know. I know. Carl Sagan. I prefer Carl Sagan. So I'll say I'll take that back and I'll say Mr. Carl Sagan. Well, I know that I'm being very Neil deGrasse Tyson. I know that you're not supposed to apply physics. But come on. Like you know, the ships are made they have heat shielding to deal with reentry into atmospheres. Like they that exists. It's a thing. So like that frozen hand and saber would not survive reentry into an atmosphere. I, I could even see, if it were floating through. Space. Now this is what I obviously I don't even know if they shot this. Obviously, well they wouldn't have shot it. They would have probably done it in CG. Story I, I don't know if any of this existed in any form past like the initial script phase or anything. Obviously, yeah. they shot the more involved flashback sequence in the Force Awakens. Um, if they had a guy cast and in, in, in the costume for a Cloud City version of uh, Luke. Right, Jesse's flashing me in the kitchen. Ooh. If you don't want me to say it on the podcast, then don't distract me. Like I, she looked Flash at me like how better with some titties. A hundred percent. Anyway, um, but the way I always envisioned it was that the saber and the hand didn't make it. To planet side just the saber did so basically the hand burned up um mm -hmm. now i would have to ask king tom or sal because they're a little more up on the mainline star wars comic than i am right now um and i think they've started sort of exploring what happened to that saber post empire Maybe interesting because you know that's where the Star Wars comic is right now is between Empire and Jedi, and I know like right. Luke has a Jedi temple or had for a little while a Jedi temple guards saber, so he's wow. like rocking a, a yellow saber. Oh, that's cool. Temporarily or whatever. Um, but eh, <laughs> at this point, when Maz says that's a story for another time, when Han's like, "Where did you get this?" 
that story not being told in the sequel trilogy means like at this point just give it to me in a guidebook or something for me personally you know what i mean because it made it seem like they were gonna tell us sometime somewhere that's just not important right now yeah that's coming but no what they meant was we have no idea let's just keep going (laughs) well they had an idea I mean, they clearly had an, an idea. Did they execute that or keep that idea? Um, no, they didn't, you know? Um, but they had an idea at one point of what that fucking saber was up to. You know what I mean? And what it up to was up to was a whole lot. Like, I think there might have even been a point where maybe the Knights of Ren got their hands on it and then Maz stole it from them. I could be wrong. I could be wrong about that. Um, all right. We got one email and then we'll call it a night. This is from Utah. 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 Dougie. Dougie. He says, may I humbly request a live YouTube or Twitch stream of the Blue Harvest Court. Halls versus Cruiser, the case of the century. We, the people, need to see the footage for ourselves. Maybe Honorable Judge Struthers will provide. Only then will justice be served. Love the podcast, Star Wars Rocks, and so do you. Keep it clean, Dougie. Dougie, you know I keep it clean. Cleanest in the game. Cleanest in the Star Wars game. Let's take that to court. Please get dick in the Star Wars game. That's the podcast award I want. Um, look, I think this is a funny idea to have a live stream, uh, court case in the, in mm-hmm. the manslaughter of Halls Burkhart by one Mr. Luke Cruiser. But there's a problem with that as honorable as you may find him, I don't know that Eric Strothers is the fucking impartial judge that you, you're talking about a man who co-hosts a podcast with the man the person on trial can he really be considered impartial in this Mm. i don't know right like that would be like if you were military tribunal if you were on trial it's not a a trial by peers if you were on a trial for murder um i i couldn't be the judge they'd be like no, you can't be the judge. I'd be like, he's innocent, y'all. <laughs> and even if he was guilty, I know this man. He had a good reason. This wasn't malicious. I'm sure it was self-defense. And then you could speak up and be like, no, nah, it was malicious. I'd be like, no, 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 no. Self-defense, these nuts. No, no, no. He's innocent. He's innocent. So we may need to look. If, if Cruiser wants to bring Eric in as his representation then yeah that's fine but i don't know that that eric can uh preside over the proceedings we might need a more impartial judge jesse just texted me and she said i like to judge people i don't think she's in part well knowing my luck jesse would find in favor of luke cruiser well and then she'd be like you had it coming well, you had it coming. You remember that time you told everybody about how I flashed you from the kitchen while you were recording? That's what you get. 
that's what you get. You know, that's the worst thing you can say to somebody. That's, that's what you get. That's what you get. And then I'm like, well, I guess that's what I get. <laughs> I guess that's what I get. Titties, titties. But I do like, I do, I do think that's a quite a funny idea. And and whoever the judge would be would have to dress up like a, like an old school judge, like a British judge in the black robe with the powdered wig. No, no, no. The the Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You got to have the collar and the the gloves too. We're taking this shit to the Supreme Court. Yeah, this the, is going the all supreme. the way. This is going all the way to the top. I don't Where's know. I supreme. I would have to see who. Like, I think you would probably have to be my representation. You'd have to be my lawyer in this case. I'd, well, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd give him the truth. Nothing but the truth. Oh, and we could do cross examinations mm-hmm. and present evidence. And I could yeah. do, uh, you could do, oh, we, we could get uh witness testimony, try to track down some fool that was in that halo game with <laughs> somebody that doesn't yeah. even know what the fuck's some going rando. on. And they'd be like, I don't know anything about this, but I saw super cruiser shoot the red eyed Jedi with a Spartan laser, your honor. If he did not hit, you must acquit. I don't know. We'll have to do some thinking on this. This could be fun. This could be fun. Anyways, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Hey, if you uh, if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Um, and if you enjoy our theme song, you should definitely check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And also, speaking of Stoned Cobra, you should listen to the High Potion podcast if you want to hear mine and our buddy Steve's video game podcast. It's a lot of fun. We're coming up on 20 episodes already shit's flying two by of the, two of the most handsomest dudes talking about video games i mean is, it's a good thing that thing isn't uh video recorded because sploosh is is, is steve counting for two people now anyways you and steve i don't know uh, anyways um that's going to do us. We'll see you guys next week. And uh, until then, this has been Blue Harvest. And I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>